Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. When I was in high school, I, uh, I went on a missions trip to the country of Peru, and, and a number of you are aware that, that I, I did this, but it was, it was a, a very formative time for me. Uh, I was in grade 11, and I remember that on this trip, at one point, we were doing some ministry uh, in a, a city square. And as we were doing ministry in this city square, we saw this, this elderly gentleman coming up to us. And by coming up, I mean he was hobbling, leaning very heavily on this cane as he came over to us. And, and so the group leaders and some of the missionaries that we were with, they gathered us together and they were like, hey guys, we're going to pray for this guy that God is going to heal him. And I remember in myself going, say what now? Like, I, I'm fine with that, but, but what do you mean? Like, this, this guy is older, he's leaning on a cane. Like, I don't know if God's going to do this. But we decided, we gathered around a, probably a, a group of eight or nine of us, and we began to pray for this guy. And all of a sudden, he, he let out this noise. And I remember so distinctly, there was this, uh, this fountain in the middle of the city square, and all of a sudden, next thing that we knew as we finished our prayer, this guy who was hobbling on his cane had his cane lifted above his head and he was doing this around the fountain. Like I kid you not, just kind of doing little jog, jog around the fountain and we were all just blown away. I'm sure that he was blown away, but I know for myself, I was blown away to have seen this miracle. Then a little bit later, same trip, we were putting on a service and we had a time of prayer at the end of the service. And so this lady was guided up to us because she could barely see. She was legally blind. And so once again, they're like, okay, guys, we're going to pray for this lady. And I'm going like, okay, it's one thing to make it so that a guy, you know, is no longer hobbling around on a cane. But we're talking like this lady can't see. What on earth is actually going to happen here? And so again, we gathered around. We began to pray for this lady. And next thing we know, she's sitting there and she's, she's speaking in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but she's all excited. And, and our, our leader, he's grabbing a Bible with print like this. And, and he's, he's leaning forward like from the front row from you to this book. And she starts reading the words off the page. And we're just like, what is going on here? And we kept on seeing people have miraculous healings. We had one guy, he had one leg shorter than the other. And as we were praying for him, that leg actually grew. Amazing, amazing works of God as they were there in Peru. When I went on this Peru trip, my, uh, my grandfather, had uh, he was in the hospital uh, for uh, multiple myeloma. He'd been battling it for... A number of years, multiple myeloma, if you're not familiar with it, is essentially bone marrow cancer. Very painful, very brutal. And my grandpa, he was a uh, Assemblies of God minister. What that basically, it's just a, a denomination, church denomination down in the United States. And we'd been praying for him. He was a man of faith. His congregation had been praying for him. And I remember sitting in an orphanage in Peru as we were eating dinner, guinea pig. And my uncle, who was on the trip, one of the leaders, he came over and he handed me his cell phone and it was my parents on the other end of the line letting me know that my grandfather had passed away. In the midst of all this miracle seeing, all this healing, someone that I thought in my soul deserved to be healed didn't. Didn't get healed. 
And I feel like this is something that many of us are familiar with. It's, it's so interesting. In the Western world, our life expectancy in the last 120 years has doubled. Has doubled. Diseases that used to be the bane of civilization have all been, but been wiped off the face of the earth. Things that could never be cured, that were a death sentence, are things that we just kind of snicker at now. It's amazing the things that, that cutting-edge medical innovations and scientific breakthroughs have allowed us to live in such a, a new and amazing way with such an amazing quality of life. Yet at the same time, we find that there are still things that need a miracle. And in the midst of our need, sometimes it seems like God gives us what we feel we need and sometimes he doesn't. But I'm always amazed by the stories of God meeting us in our need, and so that's why I want to show you this video here. I was very athletic when I was a teenager, and I actually um, passed out after a race, which was very weird for me. Maybe three weeks later, I was taking a sweater off one day, and when my hands were raised like this, I couldn't breathe at all. Three or four weeks after that, one morning, I woke up with a huge lump on my neck. They did a chest x-ray, a CT scan, everything and then they sent me to Children's Hospital in an ambulance and within two and a half days I had a biopsy, was diagnosed with cancer and started chemo an hour later. So it was intense and by the time they found it I had actually only had like max two weeks left to live. The first time walking to the treatment room that was, um, that was a scary walk down the hallway for sure because you just, you don't know what's going to happen. The first week I was in the hospital, my youth group actually called me and they were all praying for me, like the whole church was praying for me at that time and that was pretty amazing actually seeing the support of the church uh, in that time. A year later, I was still on chemo, so it had been 20 months at this point. I was asked to sing at History Maker, or Youth Convention, and uh, yeah, I don't know why I agreed to sing because I had a shot of chemotherapy before the long weekend and was on really heavy pills all those days. And I knew I was going to be feeling pretty sick, but for some reason I didn't say no. And yeah, I remember we played the Friday and the Saturday, and I was pretty feeling pretty ill. And as I was walking into the building, grumpy as ever, I felt the Holy Spirit say, uh, Crystal, something really exciting is going to happen for you tonight. I was sitting in the very back of the stadium beside a really good friend of mine, and all of a sudden, I felt the most powerful, beautiful, loving presence of God fall on me. And I could not move. I was stuck like this and I just started to cry and to cry. And I've never felt anything like that. And all I could think was Jesus is about to heal me. And I have never been that confident in something in my entire life. And I had a headache and my headache left. And this heat went through my heart and this pain that was always in my kidneys left and I didn't feel nauseous for the first time in almost two years. And I would have told everyone in the stadium that. I called my doctor a couple days later when I got home and I told him what happened and my two head nurses and they ran tests over the next little while and 
uh, yeah, there was no more cancer to be found and um, my kidney test came back perfect and my heart results came back perfectly normal. And uh, my nurses really started to cry and my doctor seemed pretty stunned. And the homie grew up and his dad was an evangelist and he went to lots of different meetings growing up and he actually saw a lot of people people healed and so he totally believed what happened to me but he told me later that he hadn't really thought of, of, of God for a really long time so that was really cool. We hear stories like that and I, I don't know about you but I, I get excited and amazed at the same time. You know, it's so powerful to hear stories from individuals who have walked through horrible circumstances, been told there's no hope for you, and yet come out the other side because of the grace of God. But we also have to recognize that for every one of those stories that we hear, most of us have many other experiences of healing not happening, right? And, and it can be so hard to understand. A lot of us start to throw things around like, well, if God loves me, then why does he allow this to happen? You know, maybe we get really angry or we get really confused or we get really hurt. And, and what I find is it leaves us in this place where we have to ask the question, what's the deal with healing? D does God still heal people? And that's what I want to take a little bit of time this morning to explore with all of you is does God heal? And, and what's the deal with the times that he doesn't? Will you join me just in, in praying as we open up today? Heavenly Father, I, I just ask right now that you will just speak to each of our hearts what we need. Right now, Lord God, that in that place of discouragement that you will bring encouragement. In the place of hopelessness that you will bring hope. In the place of turmoil that you will bring peace. God, I ask that you'll take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and that you will make them something worthwhile through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the Bible, our, our Christian scriptures, what we find is, is that uh, in the, the latter part of the Bible, which we call the New Testament, it's the, the things that were written after the birth and death and resurrection of Jesus, there are four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which we call Gospels. They're essentially uh, accounts, historical records of Jesus in his life with us here on earth. And what we see in the Gospels is that Jesus had the power and the authority to heal. That's what the Gospels bring across to us, that Jesus had the power and the authority to heal. Here's one such story where we see this in Matthew chapter 9. It says, Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. And some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, That's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? And Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? And so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Listen, if somebody has the authority to heal someone and to forgive sins and has the power to carry it out, that's somebody I want on my side. 
That's somebody I want in my corner. But listen, it doesn't just stop with Jesus. Later on, Jesus sends out his followers. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. And so he passes this on to those that are following him. He says, go out and what you've seen me doing, I want you to go and do it also. And then we come to this book that comes after the Gospels. It's called the Book of Acts. And this book is written by the physician Luke. It's a historical account of the early church. And what what we really see here is we see Jesus' followers who are filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. It's online on Facebook and on our podcast. So if you didn't get a chance to watch or listen to that one, I encourage you later on, go and listen to that because this is foundational, this being filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he says, and he sends them out. He says, go into all the world, spread the good news, right? Spread the good news about Jesus. And we see is that as they do that, people are also healed. That's the book of Acts. Now, it can be really tempting, and and many people uh, view the book of Acts this way. They say, well, the book of Acts is just showing us how the church got established. And so, yeah, all these neat things happened when the church was getting established, but then they ended. You know, we, we don't need those things anymore. But then we're confronted with stories like Kristen's. And with my experiences in in Peru, and I know that there are people in this room here today who have experienced healing either of a close family member or of themselves. They've seen a miraculous healing. And friends, what what I truly believe is that Acts is our story too. That, that, That it doesn't just end and go like, well, and that's the end, but it actually ends and says, to be continued. To be continued. And so the things that we see in Acts are not just for the people uh, that, that lived, you know, 1900 years ago, but they're for us. They're for us. They're for us who follow Jesus. And, and so you see, friends, that Jesus gives you the authority to share the good news and to heal the sick. That's what I believe. I believe that Jesus gives you the authority to share the good news and heal the sick. But you'll notice here, I'm not just saying that Jesus gives you the authority to heal the sick. I'm saying he gives you the authority to share the good news and heal the sick. See, there's a temptation in our culture that says, I want to be able to heal people. I want people to go, wow, they've got it together. Wow, they've got power. Wow, they've got prestige. I want to go to that person's meetings because, because they're healing people. And so it always has to be connected back to Jesus. It always has to be about bringing glory to Jesus. And so you have the authority to share the good news and to heal the sick. But when the sick are healed, it's not to bring you fame, you glory, you honor, but to bring those things to Christ. Jesus gives you the authority to share the good news and heal the sick, even, even when you think that it's not possible. Let's hear from you. Come eighth week of Alpha. It was the healing talk. Now, I'll be completely honest with you guys that I was saying, oh yeah, Jesus can heal today, but I didn't actually believe it in my mind. I feel like that's a big thing with a lot of people. It's like, oh, I've never seen a healing, so how can I trust that it's real? Come the end of the healing talk, me and my friend Joash asked the whole group, whoever wants to come downstairs can come downstairs for some healing prayer. And a lot of people came. We had about 15 kids come downstairs. It was intense. 
about five, ten minutes in, the entire room was crying. It was phenomenal. The Holy Spirit just came so fast on every single person there and just blew minds apart. Me and Josh were walking around and we were just praying over people. People were praying over the people around them. It was powerful. Halfway through, this new Christian who came from a pagan and atheist background comes and hugs me and Joash. He said to him, oh, hey man, thanks for the hug. This is awesome, I really feel embraced. And he's like, no, you need to see something. At the Alpha Weekend, he lifted up his sleeve and he was like scratching his arm or something. And he had about 50 to 60 cut marks from self-harm on his arms. It was seriously bad. They were pretty deep. So, in the process of this healing prayer downstairs, he comes and runs up to me and Jelaj, he says, Hey, I need to show you something right now. And he just lifts up his hoodie sleeve and all the scars are gone. And I'm not even joking when I say this. The scars were gone off of his arms. My mind was just exploded. It was intense because I had seen his scars and now they're just gone. Every time I think about it, it almost brings me to tears because it's just so powerful. He is just getting so close to God because he realizes that it's real. He realizes that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are amazing. And he just feels like he is led to something bigger. And the healing of his scars were just the part so that he wasn't just reminded every single day of his past. Now God has completely wiped him clean. And it is just beautiful. Praise the Lord. See, when God heals, it's not so that we can run around going, oh, wow, that was so cool. It's not so that we can run around saying, so-and-so, you know, they, they prayed for me and, and look at me now. That's such an awesome person. I mean, I, I like Ewan, but it wasn't Ewan that healed this kid. It was God. And, and you might be thinking, you know, well, all these stories about healing, like they don't hit close to home or, or, or they're, they're from so long ago. No, no, that, that's from just this, this past, well, 2019, early 2019, a youth in our church experiencing this, seeing this for himself. These things happen today. But at the same time, they don't always happen, Right? Father Raniero Cantamalesa says that Jesus works miracles out of compassion because he loves people. He also works miracles to help them believe. And finally, he heals to proclaim that God is the God of life and that in the end, together with death, sickness will also be overcome and there will be no more mourning or weeping. However, we must ask ourselves another question. What should we think of the one who, despite everything, is not healed? That this person does not have the faith or that God does not love this person? Were the persistence of, an, of illness a sign that the person has no faith or that God does not love him, one would have to conclude that the saints were the poorest in faith and the least loved by God because some spent their life in bed. 
The answer is another. God's power does not manifest itself only in one way, eliminating evil, curing physically, but also by giving the capacity, at times even the joy, of carrying one's cross with Christ, completing what is lacking in his sufferings. Christ has also redeemed suffering and death. The latter is no longer a sign of sin, sharing in Adam's fault, but is an instrument of redemption. No matter what, even if you're not healed, even if the person you're praying for isn't healed, God loves you and he loves them. Whether or not you're healed is not something to be factored into whether or not God loves us. In fact, Jesus promised that if we follow him, there will be tough things that go on in life, but he also promises that he will bear much of the weight of it and walk beside us and in fact lead us through these things. God wants to walk beside us. He loves us. We might say, but how could a loving God allow these things to happen? Well, it it comes down to the fact that our life on earth is, is but a moment. It's but a moment. Because one day, those that follow Christ will spend an eternity with God. An eternity where there will be no more death, no more sorrow, and no more pain, and no more sickness or disease, but all will be well. At the same time, though, I know that we we look out around our world and, and we see a lot of brokenness. Every time I open up the newspaper or have a conversation with someone over coffee, something bad has happened. Someone's died, someone's sick, someone's hurt. We live in a broken world, and if you're like me, something in your spirit says this isn't right. This isn't the way that it is. We, I get upset sometimes when I hear about the, the things that are going on in the world. How could that happen? How could it be so messed up out there? And the reason I believe and, and Christians believe that our spirit gets so upset. And whether or not you're a Christian, and I, I'm sure that you, you've probably had this experience of, of your soul just feeling like something isn't right. And it's because this world was created one way. It was created according to God's great design. But as we as human beings walked outside of God's design in something called sin, sin always leads to brokenness. Leads to brokenness. We see it all around us. And, and we all try to get out of this brokenness and to ease the pain of this brokenness in different ways, right? Some people turn to drugs or alcohol or, or uh, the opposite sex or to, to money, pursuing success, all, all these different things. We run to these things hoping maybe just maybe it'll pull me out of my brokenness. Maybe just maybe it'll make me feel better. It'll heal the hurt inside. It'll bring purpose to my life. But I know with my own experience with various things and, and speaking with so many and getting the opportunity to observe so many people's lives as they've tried to heal their brokenness themselves that at the end of the day, it doesn't work. It might help for a moment, but it's, we always get snapped back. And, and the great thing is, the great news is, is that in the midst of our brokenness, God looked at us and didn't give up on us, but he said, I love you. And in fact, he loved us so much that he came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. He lived a a perfectly innocent life as both God and human. And what did we do to repay him for that wonderful life that he lived? We nailed him to a cross and murdered him. 
And even that, though, even that suffering was redeemed. Suffering is redeemed by Christ because as he suffered on the cross, as he died on the cross, he took our sin, he took our shame, he took our brokenness, and he said, lay it on me. And then he died. But he didn't stay dead, but he overcame the grave. Three days later, he rose victorious over sin, death, and Satan. And he says, come to me and I will give you peace. I will give you rest. I will give you life. In fact, Jesus becomes the doorway out of our brokenness. Becomes the doorway out. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, he's the way to the Father. He's provided a way out. And as we turn from our old way of living and we place our trust in Jesus, He ushers us through the doorway and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we begin to be transformed and we begin to find our way back to God's design. Does that mean that we're perfect? By all means, no, we're not. We mess up constantly, but we are forgiven and we're brought back into that place of being moved towards God's design. And what does God ask us to do? He says, go and tell people about us. Go and tell people that there's hope out of brokenness. And he empowers us to do that. And, and healing the sick is one of the ways that he does that. And, and the great news of the gospel is, is that the work is not completely finished yet, but in fact, Jesus will come again soon to restore creation once and for all. And so when we see someone healed, that healing is not just a matter of, oh good, someone got healed, but it's actually a foretaste, or in today's lingo, it's a sample of what's to come. He says eventually there's not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be any more sickness. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and Jesus will reign. But God's desire is to heal. Now we're in the future. In fact, a recognition of why, uh, of God's desire to heal is why Christians have historically been so involved in seeking the betterment of others' lives. Historically, Christians were the ones that set up hospitals and shelters and relief organizations. Why? Because we want to show the healing heart of God. We believe that God wants to heal, and so we want to show that healing heart. We want to be a part of what God is doing. And so as we pursue this idea of healing, the question remains, because I I hope that you see that, that God wants us to ask for healing. And that's not always going to happen, but does that negate us asking? No. And so how do we do that? Well, we need to pray. We need to pray. And as we pray, when God heals, he does the healing, not us. And there's no magic technique. I know some people try to say that if you stand on one foot and you bounce around while you tap tap your nose and then you hit the person in the head, you know, everything's going to be well and they're going to be healed. But that's not the way that it works. I don't actually think anybody says that particular thing, but you you know what I mean. Like We try to make everything a technique. You just follow this and you end up with this outcome. That's not not how it works. We can't put God in a box. What does he say? He says, "Just, just be obedient. Trust in him and have a love for him and for others. We are given some examples of some things that we can do when we pray. The New Testament shows us that uh, the people would oftentimes pray in Jesus' name. Jesus encourages us to pray in his name. What does that mean? To pray with his authority. 
Pray with the authority of Jesus. To lay on hands. It can be helpful sometimes if you're praying for someone to ask them if it's okay if you lay your hand on them or if you put your hand on the place where they're injured or where they're feeling the pain and pray for them. We're also told to listen. Listen to God. You wouldn't believe the number of times that when people are praying for someone that needs healing, God will bring a word into someone's mind. Whether it's a word of a direction or a word of knowledge or encouragement, whatever it may be. And listen to the person too. If they tell you their knee's hurting, don't go and I pray for their head and their headache. Listen listen to people. And following from that afterwards, why not ask how they're doing? So often we pray for people and we never follow up again. Right? Lord, please heal this person. All right, get out of here. But maybe what we need to be doing is is we need to, to ask them, how are you feeling after we pray for them? Because you never know, there might be something to celebrate. Or they might go home and suddenly they'll start to receive healing. And and so you follow up with them and you find out that there's something to celebrate. Or maybe there's more prayer needed. Because sometimes Jesus will heal in part. In fact, we even see this in the Bible. In the book of Mark, we we see chapter 8. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and to heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village and then spitting on the man's eyes. Can I just hang on a second here? Unless God specifically tells you to spit in someone's face, I recommend that you don't do that when we're praying for healing, okay? Just, just a little side note. He spit on the man's eyes. He laid his hands on him and he said, can you see anything now? And the man looked around and he said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. And then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again And his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. It's worthwhile to ask. It's worthwhile to listen. Friends, I believe that followers of Jesus have been given the authority to share the good news of Jesus and to heal. And maybe we won't see healing every time, but it is still a worthwhile endeavor. Sometimes I I like to to close my eyes and, and think, and I know that there's, uh, there's a few people in this congregation that I've talked to that, that feel the same way. I, what would it be like if we as followers of Jesus went out there and began to faithfully tell people about him and at, in the same breath also began to see people getting healed? What would, that, what would that do to a community that is so much in bondage to addiction and, and to, to pain and to alcoholism and, and, and all these things. You know, it blew, blew my mind when I first moved out to Pincher Creek. I had never seen so many liquor stores in such close proximity together. I was like, how many liquor stores do you need? Like, they, they carry the same thing. Just if you want some, just go to one. What do you need? How many are there in this town? There's so many. That doesn't happen unless you have people that are not just drinking because they enjoy one or two, but... No, people are drinking to excess. They're, they're dependent upon it. And we see so many people and hear of so many people whose lives are being destroyed because of their excesses and these things. They're, they're enslaved to it. And they feel hopeless in it. Same thing with drugs. Same thing with, with feelings of needing success, whatever it may be. There's people walking around in this town and, and they're in physical pain all the time. Can you imagine what would happen if suddenly God healed them. And yet here we are as, as Pentecostals, 
Pentecostals is the denomination. We believe that the Holy Spirit is at work today, same way that he was in the book of Acts. We believe in healing, or do we? Or do we? What would happen if the Pentecostals began to lead the way and people realizing that, no, the Holy Spirit has something to do? Pastor John Wimber has this, said this powerful quote, when we prayed for no one, no one was healed. Now we pray for everyone, and some are healed. Are you going to let the times that people don't get healed prevent you from ever praying for healing? Or are we going to pray for everyone that needs healing and trust that in God's timing and in God's way, he will work it out, that he is capable, that he can do it? In a moment, we're going to have a, a time here at the, at the front where we're going to invite anyone that would like to receive prayer for healing to, to come forward and receive that prayer, and we'll have some music just going softly in the background. But before we do that, I believe that the model that Jesus shows us is, is that prior to physical healing, he usually offered spiritual healing. That was his thing. Before he told the paralytic to get up, he said, your sins are forgiven. And so right now, I just want to give an opportunity to anybody that heard what I said about this man, Jesus, about this God-man, Jesus, God's love for you. And if today you want to give your life to Jesus, to, to put your trust in him, and maybe you're online watching right now and you're, you're thinking to yourself, I want to put my trust in Jesus, I'm going to lead us all through just a short prayer. Right now, if, if everyone in this room would just uh, close your eyes and bow your heads right now, and, uh, and we're all going to say this prayer together, but if you pray it from your heart, know that you're inviting Jesus right now to begin to change your life and, and that he will, will be alongside you every step of the way through life, no matter what comes. So let's pray together, will we? Uh, Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve the consequence of my sin but I trust in your son, Jesus Christ, as my master and savior. His work on the cross and his resurrection has provided for my forgiveness. Fill me with your spirit. Change me. Use me. In Jesus' name. Amen. No one looking around. If you just prayed that prayer today from your heart, we would love to be able to follow up with you today and, and just know who you are so that we can get a Bible into your hands so that we can make sure that, that we're helping you down through this road. And so if you're online, if you just want to send us a message on Facebook Messenger so that we can follow up with you, or if you're in this room today, would you mind just slipping your hand up so that I can see who you are? Thanks. Thank you. Because I truly believe that this isn't a journey that we go on alone, but that the reason that God instituted the church is so that we can support one another in this journey in life. Amen. So right now, uh, we're just going to softly put, put a little bit of music on. And I know that there are people in this room right now that need healing. And we're going to say goodbye to our online friends because I believe that this is something that, that those that, that come up to the front for prayer, that, that you want some privacy and all of that. And so we're going to respect that. And, and uh, those that are online, I, I hope that you will, will join us sometime and, and be a part of, of this time here. But if there's 
there's something in you if you need prayer for healing. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's mental. Or maybe it's something physical, but we believe that God heals. And so I'm going to invite uh, Steve and Cynthia to come as, uh, as people to also help me um, just pray for everybody. And uh, we're gonna, just going to spend some time here as well. If you know that there's someone next to you that, that needs healing, uh, if, feel free to turn to them and, and either offer to come to the front with them or offer to pray for them where they're at. Don't just like slap your hand on somebody and begin to pray for them. But, but God can do amazing things. So let's pray together.